good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I am fired up today. I have a, this dude is a good friend of mine now. He's a client of mine and he is an all around just really, really good person. I want to welcome Adam Marburger to my show. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for the, the kind words, my friend. I think highly of you as well. Well, hey, man, we've 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 had the opportunity to have a lot of conversations. There's Melissa Burrow in the in the house. What's going on, Melissa? So, yeah. So. Um, so let, let's you know, as I was telling you, this show is about helping people have a breakthrough and get unstuck in life because I truly believe that a lot of people get stuck up here mentally and and they don't know how to get unstuck. And so I truly believe we, we can help people just by sharing our stories of overcoming the 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 ups and downs of life. So um, let's start with telling everybody, um, you know, who you are and where you were born and raised. So I'm in the, I was born and raised in the St. Louis metro area across the river in a little town called Wood River, Illinois, just literally right across the river. And I uh, lived there until I was about 18 years old and then moved out to the Alton area, uh, which is a, another little river town on the Illinois side. Just the only thing that separates it from Missouri is the river. So I'm right across the river uh, from St. Louis over here in Illinois. Okay. I lived here my life. So you tell people, though, that you're, you're from St. Louis. Yeah, so I say the St. Louis metro area, like, you know, when I travel, I'll tell somebody from St. Louis. Yeah. Everybody talks about the Cardinals. You know, everybody talked about the Rams in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, now sometimes like St. Louis is known as crime, right? But it's not really as bad as what people think. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the Lou. I'm proud of this area. Love it. That's awesome, man. So, um, you have, um, I know you've done, I mean, you're, you're pretty young. I, th I, I think, I don't know how old you are, but I think you're pretty young compared to me. You're young. <laughs> 38 years young, my friend, 38, 38 years. Young. Wow. So, so, um, you have, you've done a lot of stuff in life and, you know, I kind of want to talk about, so you went to, went to school in the, in the St. Louis metro area, right? Yep. Okay. I went to East. Let's let's just be real clear. I went to East Alton Wood River Community High School. That's where I went to school. I went to a college over here called Lucen Clark Community College. So okay. that's where I went to school. Okay. So you you went to went to high school, um, and then you ended up. Did you did you go to college? I did. I spent two years in college. I actually I was actually selling cars full time, and then going to college full time. Uh, the general manager allowed me to. Excuse me go to work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. I had every Tuesday and Thursday off so I could go to school. That's wow. what I did. Wow. So, so you, um, so you went, you said two years. So yeah, I went two years and then I was going to start my next two years at SIUE Edwardsville. And then the car business happened. The car business happened to me and it, and it I decided to not further my education and I dove a hundred percent into automotive. Wow. That's what, yeah. So, um, Linda Ann Barber is on here. I don't know if you know who Weldon Long is, but she's the, she's the president of his company and a good, good friend of mine. I love Linda. She's amazing. In fact, Hello, Linda. this morning she told me that her son, her son told her I sound like Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So, so, um, so you went to so you went to college over there. You you ended up in the car business, and you said it happened to you. What's that mean? So so okay. So I didn't know I was going to first of all go into the car business. It, it just happened. I I was working at a restaurant for one of my good buddies, Gordon, and I went away to spring break. I was 18 years old. I went away to spring break. I came back. And they closed the restaurant. And he said, oh, my gosh, you, you don't have a job anymore, Adam. I was like, okay. He goes, you're coming with me. So he kind of took me under his wing, took me over to Dave Mongenast, uh, Alton Toyota Dodge. And so what happened is I, I got completely fantasized with the, with, the, with the business aspect of automotive. And I started making really 
price. And so I have a hard time justifying uh, going to college all these hours, spending all that time when I was making that, I was making a really nice income at a really young age. So I, I saw the, the future and I saw automotive was an opportunity for me. And, and that's what I committed to. And were you, were you just in, were you in automotive sales then? Is that? I was, so I started as a porter. When I got hired on immediately, I literally took out trash. I cleaned floors. I was the dealer trade guy. My second day on the job, they, they made me clean out a bullpen where we kept the bed liners. I got poison ivy all over my freaking neck and back, and it was like, what am I doing? So I was literally the errand boy that made relationships in every department. So I was very friendly. I got to know people. And then everybody's like, hey, you need to be selling cars. I was like, I don't want to sell cars. But then as I started selling cars, I was, I was hooked. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, so you got into, you got into selling cars now because as an errand boy, you couldn't have been making that much money. So I was making uh, seven bucks an hour. And uh, I will yeah. tell you, uh, at that, t- at that time, I remember, you know, I was in school, I was young. That was a pretty easy, happy time in my life. Everything was just very peaceful at that age. Yeah. You know, you look back as how good, I mean, really think about it. The time when you're making the least amount of money, I didn't have really any responsibility. Yeah. I think I had like a $70 or $60 cell phone bill. That was my total outlay. So, I mean, life was not that bad. But the $7 an hour wasn't going to, you know, let me start a family. So Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got into the selling part of it. What, what happened? What happened at that point? So, at the beginning of my sales career, um, within three months, I gravitated towards the F and I managers. And I liked that they dressed up every day. They looked good. They they were handling money. They were negotiating in their office with the door closed. They were seemed so professional. So I gravitated. I was learning F and I at eighteen. I was taking their books and their manuals. I would go home and study, and I would train F and I with no one knowing. I didn't tell my GM. I was just learning F and I. So I was very fascinated. I made the decision. I was like, here, I'm going to do F and I. That's what I'm doing. And so I just I I, I did that. That's what I did. Wow. So you. Said- so you started, and and I I put in in the title I put that you're an F and I ninja. So um, you started. Well, let's back up. Let's go back to growing up as a kid. What are some of the 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 memories you have? Because I I, I truly believe that as as children, what goes on in our lives as children helps us like kind of it, it, it forms us into what we become as an adult. So what are some of your good memories and, and some of the memories that, um, you know, maybe aren't so good, but you know, they, they, they pushed you into who you became. What are some of those things as a kid? So as a kid, uh, that, that, um, I mean, that's a great question because this right here is it was a defining moment in my life. I was like 12 years old. Uh, I had, I was always a young entrepreneurial spirit. I had three paper routes. I didn't have one. I got up really early in the morning. I Overachiever. Oh, I loved what I did. And I would ask my customers, did you get your paper on time? Was it wrapped even when it wasn't raining, Mr. Customer? Here, when you're giving me your tip, when you're giving me my tip, just give with your heart, Mr. Customer, because this is what I do for a living. I was doing that at a really young age. Now, the reason for that is my father, fantastic human being, but my father was just a cheapskate and he was not, we'll just say he wasn't great with money. Uh, he, he wasn't bad money, but he, but he would pay bills like every other week and he'd pull out the bill box. In those days, he was never in a good mood. Like he was just, it just sucked to be around him. I made a decision when I was young. I'm going to never do that. <laughs> that fueled me to learn business and to kind of live life on my terms and not be confined to the stress of having to make just enough money to pay bills and all. I just, I could not live that way. And that's what I recognized at a young age to turn myself into a businessman. Uh, and that's what I did with my paper routes. I treated my paper routes when I was a child like a business. Dude, that is so awesome. That's awesome. Most kids maybe had one paper route. You had three. I was making some jack. <laughs> I was doing really well. <laughs> Put it this way, I always had the nicest bike. I mean, I was always roller. I mean, I was I was doing good. I so. love it. I love it. So, so you you uh, you you were an overachiever at a young age, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, awesome. I had hustle. I mean, at a kid, I had to. 
That's awesome, dude. So, so you, you started, you started, um, and it's those negative experiences that, you know, some people get hung up on and, and you were like, no, I'm taking this, this, this being around my father when he's paying bills, I'm taking that as a, an, an opportunity to not be that a, a learning opportunity it was fuel they used it as fuel right I mean, and i and it's a fantastic and here i'm glad it was the way it was right i am so thankful because what if it was different what if things were easy right you know i'm thankful that things were were that way because i fueled that to my ideas and my business the way i think today yeah yeah and dude the way you think today i know you pretty well now and not many people think the way you think <laughs> just, Hopefully just that's gonna, a good. Gonna put that out there, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing. So, so you, you, um, so you got fast back to back to the the car business. So here you are in car sales. You're teaching yourself F and I, um, and and just for the people who don't know what F and I is, I had Shaka Dyson on the other day. I've had Becky Chernick on. A lot of F and I people. Um, but for the people who don't know what F&I is, why don't you explain that? So it's the finance and insurance manager in the store where you finalize the deal. They handle all the legal paperwork for the motor vehicle department. They arrange financing if necessary. And most importantly, what F&I is there to do is to serve sales and help consumers have a really good experience. So that's what we do. Wow. Great answer, man. Great answer. So um, so you got into F&I and you said you were 23, 24 years so old? So this is how it worked out. So I wish, so I was working for the Dave Monas group, one of the most prestigious dealers in the country. I love that dealer group, right? Mm -hmm. So I had an opportunity to do F&I at the Nissan store across the town. So I had an opportunity. See, I, the guys that were at Monas, they weren't ready to leave. I had an opportunity. So I went over to the Nissan dealership, Auto Centers Nissan, where I spent the majority of my career. I learned the car business at Auto Center's Nissan, and I had an opportunity to go over there. I got into F&I when I was 22 years old. Wow. Uh, so I, I was in F&I at 22 and carried through, and I just retired from the actual actual producer position about a year ago. Oh, my gosh. So, um, and the, the F&I guys in, in dealerships, they, they generally speaking, they do pretty well, right? They do well, yes. Yeah. They do well. It's a fantastic job. You know, they do well, but... <laughs> They they do a lot to earn that income. There's a lot involved that, that people don't see or understand. Yeah, yeah. So so you uh, but let, let's uh, at some point though you decided to start um, studying a, a form of martial arts. Oh yeah, yeah. That's my <laughs> so, so the foundation that I that I base my uh, training methods on it has to do with what I learned in the ring, the cage, the mats. Uh, I started. Uh, at 17 years old, kickboxing. Uh, a buddy of mine took me to a school in Belleville, Illinois, and I learned how to, you know, throw punches, and it was really like fascinating to me. I was always an athlete, more basketball and soccer, but I was never into combat sports. Well, I really loved kickboxing, and so I did that for about a year, and then life went on, and I got back. You know, I started, you know, Dave Munganasa started working, so I took a break from it. But at age 21, no, 22. I was 22 years old. I had an opportunity to train mixed martial arts at a gym down the road from my dealership. So the first day in there, there was a guy by the name of Todd Murphy. He's a professional MMA fighter. Uh, he was for a long time. He's retired now. He's about 34, no, 40 pounds lighter than me. And I tried to beat this guy and he destroyed my existence. Like I left, he ripped, he had my arms locked up. He choked me and I said, wow, this <laughs> right here is my, so that was the day I became a mixed martial artist. I never, I, from the, I came back every day since. I mean, that's what I learned. I loved the mixed martial arts. I did MMA through my, the beginning of my F&I career, which wasn't always great for my face, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it helped me in life because of what I did in mixed martial arts and my martial arts background, life's easy. I mean, there, there's nothing. That, that can stand in my way. There's nothing that bothers me. What uh, when was, you get locked what was it you said? You said something about that to me. Um, you're like, once I realized that I'm get, I forget how you worded it. It was, it was funny. Like I've been in a cage with a guy, with an opponent that literally wants to kill me or something. Yeah. I mean, so in anyone that does any type of boxing or kickboxing or even sport jujitsu or mixed martial arts, 
the, the reality is there's an opponent and that opponent wants to end the match and the match is in, ended by knockouts, chokeouts, or limbs sometimes being <laughs> broken, which I hate to say it like that, but that's what happens. So when you, when you do that, the real world's not as real. Nothing bothers you. Now we, you know, that's, that's that, that level of confidence, the indestructible confidence that it can bring to you. Right. You know? Right. And, and, and how important in your opinion is confidence in life? Good. You need it. Everybody has got, and we're not talking about, you know, not mistaken being cocky. We're talking about being confident. Right. Confidence is everything. You can smell confidence. Yeah. You can smell it. Definitely. So, yeah. The, the elite have the highest levels of confidence. Yes. True. True story. So, so you, um, you've had, so, but l let me ask you this because I know you study Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right? And yes. you're a brown belt. So I'm a purple belt. I'm a three stripe purple belt. Oh, uh, under under Kyle Watson, and it's uh, next up. I will be brown belt. I'm actually getting to compete. I'm um, competing at the World Championships here in Los Angeles. Uh oh, that's what I'm. We have oh oh. We you froze up a little bit. I don't know where we cut out. Yeah, we 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 froze up there. Sorry about that. Um, so what were you said? You're competing. So no. I'm competing at the uh, uh, Nogi World Championships here in four weeks in Anaheim, California. So I'm going out there to compete. So I'm still very much I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner. I it is a uh, I did it because I wanted to learn to fight before in in a cage or an arena. I wanted to learn mixed martial arts. But now jiu-jitsu is so much more than that. It's 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 a big part of my life, and uh, jiu-jitsu is something I'll do for the rest of my life. And you know, competing is a part of it, and I'm, I love to get back out on the mat and and test myself. And that's what I get to do in a couple of weeks. Dude, that's, that's incredible. So you're going as, when you go compete, you are, are you, is that like to get you to the next level, to the brown belt level? So my coach, Kyle Watson, everybody does things differently. Kyle is, I'm blessed to have Kyle in my life. He's a former ultimate, ultimate, Fighting championship veteran. He was on the UFC. He was on the show The Ultimate Fighter. Kyle's one of the best coaches in the country. Uh, so Kyle, what we do at our gym, we don't promote real fast. Like there's a lot of gyms around where belts. Like I could technically probably be a black belt or a brown belt, but that's to my coach's discretion. But I love we we take it's a marathon. Jiu-jitsu is a marathon, not a sprint. There's a lot of martial arts out there. You can get a black belt in two years. It's a decade. Well, it's more of a lifetime commitment. Jiu-Jitsu, it's a lifetime commitment because you never master it. You never master Jiu-Jitsu. But it's a 10-year commitment, sometimes longer for for that black belt. And I just put on the gi in 2011. As I got a little older, I said, all right, no more getting punched in this pretty face of mine. I'm done. All right, I'm not going to get kicked and punched in the face anymore. So I put the gi on. I went traditional. I reached out to Kyle Watson. I've worked with him ever since. And it's truly changed my life. Wow. That's incredible, dude. So you, um, you, you've, how many, how many fights have you had in a cage? So I, I did three MMA fights, three kickboxing matches, and then I've done, oh God, hundreds and hundreds of grappling jujitsu tournaments, Turn more matches, not tournaments, but matches. Yeah. Now the, the, those are just done on a mat, not in a cage. They're though. on a mat and it's in a tournament bracket format and you know, it's single elimination. You know, so the tournament that I've got coming up, I'll probably have three or four matches to win the tournament. Uh, so it's typically a long day. I mean, here going in, I like the one fight and done or one match and done as I get older. I hate to say this, but as I get older, you know, going out there and grinding six minute rounds, three and four in a row to win, it's just hard. It gets hard on your body over time. And especially here. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, I'm pretty dang busy and I have enough time to get my training in. I'm not training to be like a world champion. <laughs> I don't have hours a day. I mean, my, I mean, here, I do it now for pure enjoyment and to test where I'm at, you know. Right. Uh, now I do jiu-jitsu differently. I used to fight not to lose. I would want to win all these tournaments. I would play safe. I would do whatever it took to, won, to win, but I never really loved it and got better. So I decided to take a year off competing, and I love jujitsu again. I'm doing it for me and only me. I'm not doing it for my coach. I'm not doing it for my teammates. I'm not doing it for anybody but myself. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So back to the, the and I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, 
I, 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 there's got to be some tie-ins to that when it comes to because look, I know, and and you can. I, I don't want to disclose it. You can disclose it if you want. But I know you hit some very very high income levels in the F and I field. Yes, I I, I was uh, blessed uh, with an opportunity to work for a fantastic dealer principal. I put together a really nice pay plan, and I was able to maximize that pay plan. I did really well for myself and my family. Right. And now the name of the game is, you know, I'm kind of, I'm known as the income development guy. So our agency, Heart Dealer Financial Services slash the income development guys, we exist now to replicate me in your store. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're trying to take F and I to the next level. We've got a couple of unique things that we do that nobody else does or has or probably will be able to do anytime soon. Uh, so that that is, is what we're excited about. But do you find, though, I mean, have have you ever met a... Um... A, a an, an F and I manager or um, yeah anybody in F and I that you could just detect they were not confident. Absolutely. And yeah. how successful were they? Not. They weren't. Right. Yeah, that's the second because in F and I, this is what happens. So so anybody that's not in automotive, like you're selling intangible products. You're also dealing with consumers that are in a hurry that have typically been there a long time. And also they don't necessarily like to be at the car dealership. Right. So we've got negative things against us. So how do we eradicate the negative stigma, right? Of, of what F and I is. And the reality is what F and I managers have to do and what I train them to do is get involved very, very early in the process. It's more of a servant leadership type role and not so much about me, 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 me. It's more about we, 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 we. So right. we need to. Our customer get involved, and we got to make that. Uh, we've got to make that transition delicately. We got to make our customer first. It's about our customer, and if yeah. you do those things, you run the elite levels in F and I. And when you don't have competence, if you don't, don't believe. Hold hold on. We we had a freeze up there again. Sorry, I don't know what end that's on. There no you're worries. back. You're back. No worries. Shaka Dyson is in the house. What's up, Shaka? Shaka. I had What's Shaka up, on on uh I think it was last week actually. So um so with the so confidence is important and I guess what I'm trying to get to is, you know, you've done you've done some incredible things, not just with F and I, but in the jujitsu world. So in yes. the jujitsu world, you you hit some some totally new levels um, for you, right? Yes. And yes. I'm sure so, uh, that the first day that you 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 started doing jujitsu or even the mixed martial arts, um, are you still there? I'm right here, buddy. You're freezing up a little on your end, but I can I can hear you fine yeah. now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you froze up there on my end. So, um, so <laughs> Shaka says, "What's up, Premier Boxing Champions?" So, mm -hmm. so you know, with the with the, um, I guess the first day that you started with the 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 jujitsu, compared to today, where how how do you rate the the difference in your confidence level? Okay, so I was crawling when I started. Right. So now I am, um, I'm almost walking. I'm walking with a limp, put it that way. Right. The level, put it, well, another way. So, so jujitsu, it takes a really, really long time to, you know, move your body and the angles and the positions that yeah. you need to be in. Understanding hand placement, the dynamics of, of uh, leverage and positioning, it takes a really long time. So anyone knows that when they start jujitsu, the first three to six months, you, you almost don't feel like you belong there. I mean, you second guess yourself. A lot of people don't stick with jujitsu. It's not, it's the, the success rate it, it, for somebody staying in the program is not real high. Why is that? It's really, really difficult. Jujitsu is very, very difficult. Uh, so now, you know, I've come leaps and bounds from then, but the good news is I've got so much farther to go. I mean, you know, so it's it's one of those things that it's a life. It's a, it's definitely a marathon. Right, right. 
But it might, so I'm, what I'm trying to tie all this back to is having success and, and increasing your confidence because when you first start anything, I, I remember studying Taekwondo and my first day there, I was like, this is, this is insane. I'm, I'm never going to get like, and I'm watching black belts and they had a grandmaster there teaching. And, and I was like, like, how, like, like I'm never going to get there, but slowly as you start learning and, and you have the discipline of, of learning, then, you know, eventually your confidence increases. And I guess that's what I'm getting to is you got to, and that you take that off of the mat and you apply that kind of confidence in your business life or every other part of your life, everything, everything starts to become magical. Amen. What you just said is identical to what my mission statement is at my martial arts academy. So the big thing for me in our youth is how do we empower our youth to believe in themselves? Because guess what? There's a lot of kids that come from broken homes and the kids, they get to school, maybe they're bully, right? So now they don't have an outlet anywhere. So they come to martial arts and they can become somebody. Yeah. Uh, so I'm all about that in the community. Let's bring our kids in here. Let's give them the, the skills necessary. Let's get them in shape. Let's, let's give them some friends. Let's have this little social network and then watch these kids flourish. Watch these kids take their lives to the next level. Watch them have confidence levels that they never had before. Now they're talking to the opposite sex. Now they're not that outlier at the, at, at the school. People are starting to get to know you. Now your life changes because of something like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And that's what my whole stick is in my community. And that's why our youth program is gangbusters right now. We're crushing it. And that's that's incredible. That's awesome. And and you know, I had the um, honor of being the host of of Lisa Copeland's show for the last I few days. It. I know, good dude. Hey, bro. I was good. <laughs> that's like, man, you know, you've made it when Lisa Copeland calls you up and asks she's you to host kind of, her show. She's kind of deal i mean she's kind of a big deal she's kind of a big deal yeah. <laughs> kind of, people know her yeah. right couple she's got a couple friends but but so you know and i talked i talked a little about that today about you know helping other people and and life becomes so much better for anybody regardless of where you are on the socioeconomic scale once you get it in your head that your mission in life is to help empower other people, help other people grow, right? Absolutely. Once that Absolutely. becomes your mission, magic occurs. And so that's what you're doing for the kids, for the youth of this world, at least in your, in your market. And I yes. know that you're doing things on a national scale as well with some other things, but like Lisa Copeland's on here right now. Oh my gosh. What's up, so, Lisa? Yeah. So, so, um, but like that's what you're doing. You're helping kids, and and you're helping. And and I I'm telling you that from my perspective. And I think I feel like we just froze again. Okay, we're back. We're back. Um, so Lisa's on here. She she says, "Hey guys." So so tell me about watching these kids that you work with in your in your martial arts academy. Like, tell me about what you've been able to see, the transformations you've seen, because you've had to have seen some. So uh, I'll tell you, there's, I got a couple. I tell this story a lot, uh, and I use the name Billy. This His name's not Billy, but I use this name. I've, I've had some two experiences with two younger guys that were literally broken. I mean, I, this one guy as of recent, this kid, uh, you know, 12 years old. No, I'm sorry, 13 years old. You know, parents were both alcoholics. Uh, just kid was kind of socially awkward, you know, just you know, good. This, this kid just could not fit in any crowd. Just and, and he, he had all this darkness at home and it seemed like this dark cloud followed this kid everywhere he went. A cousin of his invited him into our academy and say, hey, listen, I think this kid needs this. I've seen this young man change his life. He's much older now. Um, <laughs> this kid is in college now doing well, like went from the real chubby kid with acne to just this incredible looking dude in shape, muscled wow. out. He's got confidence. The kid's doing life now. And this, wow. this is just, there's a couple firsthand examples. I've seen people come from nothing, have nothing. And you love on these people. 
We those that you share the mats with, the bond that you share on the mat is unexplainable. It, it, it it's when you sweat and bleed with somebody on the mat, the love that is there. It sounds crazy, but the relationships that are built uh, are incredible, and you you get to really you get to mentor these kids and watch them grow into something great. And I've seen it a handful of times, really. Life-changing. I mean, I, I've seen it just really change their life. And 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 you, I know that you're doing that in the in your F and I business as well. Oh, um, your F and I training business, where you're helping. I know. I know that you are. And I know you. I know your heart. Like I know that your heart is like you know. Uh, you want um, like I, I'm again. I won't disclose what you made, but it was high, high, high six figures. And so you're helping these these other people out here that maybe maybe aren't hitting their full stride in F and I, and you're watching them change. You're watching them become bigger and better and more confident. And and so talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, my passion is F and I, and you know I work for Johnny Garlic with Heart Dealer Financial Services, and we're both the co-founder of the Income Development Guys. So what we do is we're F&I product providers, and for those dealers that sell our products, I'm their dedicated F&I coach. I'm the one to service those accounts, and I love all my people. And I know that a lot of times over the years, I used to have finance trainers that would come in with their charts and their graphs, and they really wouldn't mentor and train. They never took the ball. They said they never showed. And so I said, this is the deal. I believe in the surgeon's mantra, the show one, do one, teach one. I'm going to show you, you're going to show me, and you're going to show someone else. That's how you get it. And it's not just, it's about relating with them. I always tell every new F&I manager or any manager that I work with, it's real simple. It's like, hey, listen, Ken, I'm no better than you, and you're no better than me, right? You're going to mess things up. I'm going to mess things up. We're going to fix them together. But more importantly, we grow together. This is about us. It's never about me. And you've got to make that very clear. And when you sit the desk for one of your F&I managers and you show them how it's done, you, they see you and they believe, oh, my gosh, this guy can do it. I'm never going to say I'm going to show you. And so you you build relationships with these F&I managers. And, and I'm going to tell you, I've got my F&I people. Oh, my gosh, I've got some incredible F&I people. I mean, I've got some really high-level dealer groups in St. Louis, and these guys are just crushing it. I mean, it's just it's an honor to work with some of these guys and gals. That's incredible, dude. That's incredible. So, so you, um, you <laughs> and again, I would imagine that you apply a lot of what you a lot of what you teach in F and I, um, and that you've you've um, you practiced in your own career. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is it a lot of it ties back to the confidence that you've built through? Um, the jujitsu and, and MMA and, and all of that. Absolutely. Structure, organization, and discipline slash confidence. You got to have structure. You got to be organized. You got to be disciplined. You got to be able to discipline yourself. Yeah. And with confidence, you're going to be good. I don't care what field you're in. If you're a real estate person, if you're an automotive, I don't care what you do. If you have the structure, if you have an organization, if you're disciplined and you have confidence, sky's the limit. Right. Right. So, so, Talk about, you know, I, I'm sure because a guy like you, um, you know, I, I, I used to um, when I was in high school, I was one of those guys that you'd catch me sometimes smoking in the bathroom. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was a rebel. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, it was in the 80s, man. I wore the leather coat, I'd, all of it. So but like, you know, I I would. um see some of the the guys you know and i looked up to a lot i was friends with everybody right like it didn't matter if you were one of the hoods, one of the hoodlums or you were one of the the jocks i mean i played basketball i did some of the sports but um you know that i can remember there was a time when i look at a guy like you and i didn't like you naturally i just didn't like you like i was like yeah that guy's just filled with luck that's it. He's just lucky. He got lucky, figured it all out early. Maybe he had great parents that showed him and I didn't have that or whatever it was. I did not like you, man. And and that was in high school, right? So now that I'm 50 years old and I've lived a little bit and 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 I've I've uh, gotten knocked down on the proverbial mat a few times, um, you know, 
now I respect the heck out of what you've done and accomplished. And, and my, so my question for you is this. Along the way, it hasn't all been easy. You didn't go from, from, from making $7 an hour to making high six-figure income overnight, right? It sure did not happen overnight, my friend. It did not happen overnight. <laughs> it, it, was, it, it did not come easy, put right. it that way. Did you make any mistakes along the way? Several. Did you? Several. <laughs> and I'm still making them today. You know, I still make them. It's the ability to be humble enough to say, yeah, I screwed up. How did I screw up? Where did I screw up? And what do I got to do to never do that again? Right. The name of the game. Yeah. 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 Dude, I'm the kind of guy, though, that'll, that'll make a mistake. Like, somebody will say, don't touch that burner. It's hot. And I'll, like... Uh, not only will I, I, I'll put both hands on it and go, God, that's hot. And then I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, it takes me a minute sometimes. I'm, but you know, I think that, that, you know, again, this, this show is, it's literally, I, I created this to, to show that you can, um, you can, you can get knocked down and still get back up and, 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 you know, it's it it's funny that you're in the in you know that you've done the jujitsu stuff and the MMA stuff, but I mean, how many times have you gotten knocked down in a fight, a real fight, where you thought I'm not, I I am not getting up. There's no way. But then you figured out a way. Yeah, I'll give you a really good example. Uh, three years ago at the World Championships that I'm going to this weekend, um, I won my first two matches. Uh, with really nice submissions. I was on a high. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to win this. Um, and then the next guy I had, I kind of sized him up in the bullpen. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to toss this guy. <laughs> and the guy was way better than me. And he caught me in a straight ankle lock and popped my Achilles tendon. Oh. So when you fall and couldn't get back up. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get back up. So, so oh. that, those are scenarios. But after, you know, therapy and getting my leg back I got back on the mat and I got I got to a point where I don't get caught in that submission anymore I don't get caught in straight ankle I know how to I'm not getting caught in that so I fell fell hard and it hurt really bad I'll bet that <laughs> and then I accidentally walked around in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard for a little bit that night I mean I don't really I don't know what I was thinking but anyway I really injured my leg but point is it healed and yeah I got back up and yeah so how does that apply though? What what are what are some of the the hiccups you've had in in your career, your business oh, career? I've I've oh boy. So I'm a real estate investor, and I own two real estate companies. Uh, one is my wife, uh, and my my wife was a real estate agent, and she was really good. And, and so her and I decided to let's let's start flipping houses, let's rent houses. And we we put together a nice little portfolio on our own, and then I partnered off with another guy, and we do multifamily, and we're we're doing other deals, but. I have lost massively on – I mean, I have lost big time. The deals where you think you're going to hit home runs, you freaking lose money. I mean, it happens. I got a deal where I developed um, – we, not I, we developed some software, all right? And then I had a business partner go rogue and just, like, go bananas. So we got a little bit of court issue with that, another knockdown. I lost a bunch of money. I had a uh, rental. Never going to say the name. I'll never – throw someone's name in the grease. I just will I never will do that. Right. But I property management company that managed all of my personal real estate, all of my personal, my business partner, my real estate and all of his personal real estate. And they just neglected our property severely. And so when we took over our property, we decided we've grown now. Now we're, pro we're property managers and we're going to be the biggest in this area. However, because of the horrible experience with my old property manager, we had to get rid of them, take our property back, which was a nightmare, massive loss. Uh, 2017, I lost a lot of money. And <laughs> right. it hurts. It hurt. It doesn't hurt anymore, but it hurt. It stung on the surface level. But being able to put a strategy in place, where did we mess up? Why did we mess up? We're, we've regrouped. We are, we're doing well. Our properties are flowing nicely. Our tenants, we have better tenants. Uh, lock the city, the city of Alton, the city of Godfrey, they love us. They hated our old property manager. Just, it was just messes. So now, I mean, that's an example of just 
from from the deal losing in software, I mean that's a big loss and real estate loss. We're talking six figure loss, uh, six figure loss. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're worth freaking a hundred million, or I don't care if you're worth two million bucks. Hundred thousand dollar loss stings. But, but how do we learn? Learn a hundred thousand. That's yeah. You know, there's an expensive lesson to learn. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you, you you froze up there again at the end of that, but but um, so Damien Boudreau just jumped in. I love Damien; he's awesome. Raquel, how you doing? So so um, you so you've had a so you've had a lot of losses, and and you've you've still managed to bounce back. You um, retired from F and I. Mm-hmm. And at the at the ripe ripe old age of thirty eight, thirty seven. I was thirty seven at the time. Thirty seven. Thirty seven. I'm gonna tell you why. You're gonna love the story how I retired too. That's <laughs> if you. I wasn't. I was. I had an opportunity to go one direction, and I was in a scenario in my life where I just needed another like three on on a Wednesday. I was I was just requesting. And this general manager that took over just not never really ran, didn't have a lot of experience running a lot of stores. Point being is, he was he said, no, I, I can't give you uh, the extra three hours off that I needed. Now take in mind, I don't want to speak too. I was running twenty eight hundred dollars a transaction. Uh, it's a lot of money per vehicle, and so I made the decision uh, right then and there that all right, I'm going to go ahead and kind of do early retirement. Now you can't retire. I'm not talking. Understand retirement here. I made, I put a lot of money away. I mean, I was smart with money and real estate is the engine that pulls my financial train. So I didn't just, I didn't retire and then like spend like months in Maui. Uh, I spent weeks in Maui. So I went, I went to, I went to Alaska. Me and my wife, we traveled and we, I mean, for last summer, we just said, here, we're, we're going to, we're going to have some fun. Right. Point into this is I was able to walk away. We'll just say close to a half a million dollar job. I walked away from a half a million dollars on a Wednesday and on Thursday, zero dollars. I did that. People think I was crazy. My, I mean, my neighbor, people thought I was nuts. My neighbors, people like, what are you doing? And I just said, I am going to live life right. on my terms. Right. I ain't live life on anyone else's terms. It's my life. And I made that decision. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Having that general manager, what if you would have given me that time off? I don't know. I think I still would have done some other things, but what if I'm so thankful that I had that horrible scenario at that dealership that blossomed into life? And I'm so thankful for that, you know? So, so you know, and that's a perfect segue into um, my next question, and that is, you know, there's a lot of people, maybe, you know, this, this good friend of mine, I spoke to this guy this morning, his name's Eric Cornelius, he's on here right now, and he said, I'll ne-, he says, he's a funny guy too, but he says, I'll never take a loss because I never take a chance, hashtag winning. <laughs> so, hey, it's a good way to look at it, I like it. <laughs> right, right, but, but that, you know, that's a, that's the way that I would say, I don't know, 90% or more of the world lives in that mindset. Like if I don't take a chance, I can't experience loss or pain, right? I can't, if I don't go sign up for jujitsu lessons, guess what? I'm probably not going to be bleeding on the mat anytime soon. If I don't go um, get a job in car sales, I probably won't ever have to feel the loss of a, a customer telling me no or whatever it is, right? So what do you think, in your opinion, what do you think it is that keeps people stuck, that, that keeps them from going out there and taking a huge risk? What is that? I think uh, I, I think it's, well, complacency is, is a, a very powerful thing. And when you look at masses, we're a lot of times we are, I believe we're products of our parents and that environment. So if you're brought up in a scenario where your parents weren't loving and coaching on you and trying to tell you your worth and you can do this, you can do that. And then maybe you just drifted and you, you, you just drifted into that. So those are the type of people you hung out with. And if you're hanging out with, 
uh, say four or five other people that also aren't driven. That's kind of what you're bred into. So I, I think that's a big part of it. I think a lot of it were pro- products of our parents, uh, and we're just kind of stuck in that environment. That's, that's something that's unfortunate that I see a lot of, you know? So, so how do, but how do you, how do you encourage, because I know what you're talking about, but how do you encourage those people to like Melissa bro just said, Shaka Dyson's got a role. Shaka, thanks for being here, brother. Um, so Melissa says, take a chance. If you fail, learn and grow from it. Keep moving forward and live your best life. I totally agree with what she's saying. But those people that, I mean, how many people go to their grave with their music still in them, never having tried most, to, to... Most. 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 Right. Most people are... Like, like Les Brown says, they're tiptoeing to an early grave. Yeah. So how do you combat that? The question is, how how can you combat that? I don't know. Maybe you ask Tony Robbins, right? You ask some of these guys. I think it's learning to connect with somebody to let them know that they are valuable. There are so many people that are never told how special they are. It's amazing how people, they don't realize that they're unique and they're hardwired for greatness. So I think a lot of it is here. That's kind of why I exist. Just the way I, I love and, and, and trying to hold some accountability in place, asking somebody, where do you see yourself? What do you truly desire? What is it that brings you joy? If we can, if we can preach to these folks that are lost, uh, really what brings you joy, right? I think the world could be a different place. But the problem is there's only so many of us preaching this inspiration and it's, I think the stars have to align. We've got to be at the right place in the right time. And I think social media is a freaking fantastic tool. When I wake up in the morning, I mean, I'm jacked and ready. See, my wife and I just, we have a newborn baby. So my 4.30, I look, Glenn Lundy, I'm going to tell you, Glenn Lundy is the real deal. Oh, he I is, man. 4.30 in the morning, watch hashtag rise and grind. I'm in my awesome shadow box. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my day. You know, that's the type of stuff that can change the world. The Glenn Lundys of the world that yeah. truly love to relate and communicate with people yes. and exposing somebody's greatness. I mean, it's hard for us to expose our greatness. It takes a little bit of love, and we've got to be sold out. What? Wow, I am great. You got to be sold on the fact that you are hardwired for greatness, and I think. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but it's one person, one conversation at a time. I have turned so many lost souls that were going nowhere. I have a business nobody knows about. I don't talk about it because I don't I don't promote it on social. I've got a business mentoring group. I got about a dozen people that I mentor, uh, and I'm just helping them. It's been, I'm not, I don't know everything, but I, business mentoring, business coaching, doing life with them, bringing them up, building them up, sharing stories, helping each other. And accountability is a mother effort. I don't want to use the F word, but it is. Yeah. A lot of people don't like accountability. They because hate they're it. Out. But if you can handle somebody criticizing you like a real coach, if you can handle accountability and structure, you will become better. That's, that's where you break through. You can't do it by yourself. I feel you need a guy. I think all of us, you, me, all of us, we need that hero. That hero is that somebody that's w- looking at you from a distance, doing life that can help guide you. My hero, one of my heroes, is a guy named Logan Stout. Uh, it's a guy that I follow when I watch his stuff, when I do his mentoring, I feel like I'm on another level. That's the type of people that we need in our life. Totally agree, man. I totally 1,000% agree with you. I, I, As a matter of fact, I said... Melissa said guy or girl. So, and yeah, I agree with that. You know what I mean, Melissa. Yeah. So, so, you know, with the, um, you know, I, I'll tell you that I think um, it, it's something that I used to, used to teach to salespeople. I'd say, look, you know, being in sales is a necessity. Salespeople are a necessity. In fact, it was Zig Ziglar, and I'm friends with Zig's, Zig's kids, and they're they're amazing, by the way. But, you know, Zig Ziglar said, if every salesperson on this planet took the day off, the wheels of industry would come to a screeching halt, right? So salespeople are a necessity, and it's because of what you were just saying. People don't like to be accountable. So if I go go buy a car and it's a lemon piece of junk, 
I don't have to take responsibility for it. I can blame you, the sales guy, right? So that, and, and so I, I think that, um, you're, or you're thousand percent right. So if somebody comes to you and they say, look, dude, I, I'm in trouble. I don't know what's going wrong in my life, but I can't pay my electric bill. It's getting shut off tomorrow. I, I, I my, my car got repossessed last week. I, I, my dog died. I, I just don't know what's going on. I can't figure it out. I'm stuck and I'm broken. I don't know what to do. What are you going to say? I mean, you can't you can't smack the crap out of them. Nope. So what are you going to say to that person to help them get over that, to get through it, get over the hump? What I do is I'll sit out and I'll start now with a legal pad and paper. I want to write out. I want to see what your day looked like yesterday. I want to see what you did yesterday. I want you to, to write out what you did from 7 a.m. No, I'm sorry, 6 a.m. all the way to 6 p.m. And I don't, even if you sleep till nine, that's fine. Show nothing at those hours, six and seven. I want to see your timeline. And then after I find out what they did yesterday, I want to talk about who are your five closest friends. I want you to write out your five closest friends. And then I'll sit down and we'll, we'll start there. We'll start there looking at what they're doing daily, especially starting in the morning. And then we can get into budgets. We can look at what they're bringing in, what they're, what they've got going out. That's a little bit more high level, maybe on that second or third meeting. But right. the first meeting, let's just put it pen to paper. Who are you? What did you do yesterday? Okay. And then who are you doing life with? And then we'll start talking about goals. Who do you want to be? Who do you think you are right now? Who do you think you are? Who do you want to be? And then we write a little bit of a plan of action together. I'm not going to have him or her write it or me. We'll write a plan of action together. And then so we'll start looking at what are you doing with your time? Who are you doing time with? And what are your values? Because then after that, we'll start picking apart people that, that you're rolling with that don't align with those same values. We've got to do our, our audit on who we're doing life with. And that's what I get to typically at the very beginning day one if somebody's got their life messed up. Let's, let's put it to paper. Dude, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's exactly where I would start. And I, and, and I think that, I mean, again, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but I'm sure that there are some, some common themes that you would, you would find, um, with the people who are in that, that dire place. Like there's probably some common denominators. Um, but you know, I, I, I love that man. And, and so what's, why don't you share a little bit if you can with, um, first off, how can everybody follow you? So I'm pretty easy to find. You can find me here. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at Adam P. Marburger. Those are the, you know, Facebook's my kind of my platform. LinkedIn, you can find me at Adam Marburger. Uh, I'm pretty active on social under the income development guys page and my personal page on Facebook. That's probably the best way to find me. Okay, good, good. And what's, what's, uh, what's on the horizon, man? I know you've got what four businesses that you run. So what's on the horizon right now is Ollie. Oh. Uh, we're trying to purchase more real estate. Uh, we, we just closed on a deal last week and one on the, uh, the week before. So we're looking at some multifamily stuff. So real estate, we've got that thing moving. Yeah. I've got my, uh, I've got the gym cranking on all cylinders. I've got Aaron and court, my two team leaders over there that are just crushing it. But what we're trying to do with income development is we're trying to take it to the next level. You know, we've, our agency has been blessed to kind of pilot this new product in our market. So we're the only ones who are exclusive to this product right now. So we're trying to share our information with dealer principals and GMs here in this St. Louis market that I've got a product that will raise your PVR $200 a transaction. I've got a, a product that will not just raise your uh, PVR $200 a transaction, but you'll give your consumer the most excellent product and experience that you can give them to come back. It's a massive retention tool that allows them to get a lot more for their vehicle when they trade it in as well. I mean, it's called Sela Jet. Uh, it's an aviation grade Boeing approved paint seal that nobody has in my market. And that's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to share our products and our services. And at the end of the day, I want to do business with more dealers. I'm trying to expand my business. I feel that uh, there hasn't been one of me around in this market in a while that does what I do. And I'm ready to get dirty and, and, and get involved. Dude, that's, that's incredible. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love how, you know, you're keeping it for now on a micro level. Like you're like, 
St. Louis is my market. That's where I want to help right now. I'm not interested in going to Toronto at the moment, you know. Now, hey, 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 disclaimer. But you will. I'm in the U.S. I know. I got, I got guys that I'll go anywhere in the U.S. because I can do what I do anywhere in the U.S. However, I, yes, right now, I mean, this, we've got this product that we are just, we're exclusive right here in this market. So I've got something that nobody else has. That's incredible, dude. Yeah. That's incredible. So, so you, you're, you're growing on every level and in every way, continuing to trying. I mean, I'm you're, you're going, best. you're going to Los Angeles this weekend, right? So I'll be out in LA with my beautiful family, my wife and my daughters and a few of my teammates. We're going out to Newport Beach, uh, in December. Uh, and then we're going to be out. Uh, in Cancun, Mexico for the CNA National Sales Conference. And then I'll be out at NAD after that, NADA after that. There's a little 40 under 40 little banquet I got to attend and I get to, you know, kind of rub some elbows and shake some hands with some. What is, yeah, that's, that's right. I, I, I meant to bring that up. The 40 under 40. What is that? It, it's an automotive news, uh, class that they have every single year. They pick 40 people, uh, that have done some things in automotive. And they kind of highlight it. And it's, they do a really, really nice job of writing the article. It's a really cool thing. I didn't even know when I, when I was told that I, that I made the list, I didn't really know what that meant or what does it do. I'm telling you, it's a really cool thing. There's a lot of publicity that comes off of it, a lot of opportunities that kind of present themselves. And to be honest, the, the class that I'm in, I mean, there's some hitters on it. I mean, there's, there's some, uh, uh, there's some high level, uh, people that, uh, that are on this list. So I'm looking forward to, to going out to NADA, uh, taking some classes. Uh, I love to be embedded in automotive and I want to meet, to be honest, I want to meet as many people as I can. I want to shake hands. I want to get to know people because I believe business is started with a conversation. Uh, it started with a conversation. I'm looking for future opportunity and I just want to shake some hands. Dude, I love it, man. That's awesome. Um, Andrew Rister says that uh, Adam is a sales monster. I love Andrew. Andrew, you're my boy. <laughs> he says champions are awake before 6 a.m. I love True that. True statement. I've been saying that for years. Champions are up before 6. I and love that, follow, man. If you follow Glenn Lundy, you'll be up at like 4.30. Yeah. Well, some <laughs> champions work until 1.30 in the morning. So yeah. um, <laughs> so I have clients in so many different times. I saw zones. that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy, man. I was working with a client last night that's in Thailand right now. And it was, so it was, you know, 1130 in the morning there. So, but Hey dude, like, listen, I, 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 I love the heck out of you. I love your energy. I love your vision. And I know that you truly do want to help other people. So I, I'm very, very grateful that you, you took the time to come on the show. Um, I, I thank you. We're going to wrap it up now. We're, we're, it's been an hour already. It's insane. Thank you. A lot flew by. It, it went by like that. So, yeah. so is, is there anything else that you would like to leave my audience with some, some words of, of, of just encouragement to help anybody that may be struggling right now, help them have a breakthrough. Oh, you're frozen. Hold on. Can you hear me? You froze up. Yeah, there you go. You're back. Well, here, what I tell people, here, I like to explain this, that, that I don't care who you are, where you are, what you are, where you come from. You know, there's there's black clouds that can hang over you. Uh, understand that you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there. It's not all good. You see the unicorns and rainbows and everything's so fancy on television. It's not like that in the real world. Understand that everybody struggles. We have our own stuff. So do not be afraid to bring up that stuff, work on that stuff, and understand your better days are definitely ahead of you. Uh, I always make this very clear, and I say this every day of my life. Uh, you know, yesterday is not here now. It's gone. Tomorrow is not here yet. We have today, but more importantly than today, we have the moment that we're in. Up, oh, you're back. You froze literally right at the end of that. That's, that's yeah, I just said what we have. Let's not focus on the day. Let's focus more on the moment. The moment is what we have. That's what's pure. That's what's true. Yeah. What do we have right this second? How are we acting? How are we treating people? What's our mind frame? How, you know, that's that's the important thing. Let's not yeah. dwell yesterday. Let's not focus too much energy tomorrow. Let's live right 
now. I love it, dude. I love it. Thank you. Well, thank you. Very much. I really appreciate you coming on. And thank you to everyone on here who shared this out and all the hearts. We got a lot of hearts and thumbs up. Thank you for everything. Adam, don't hang up. Thank you for coming on, bro. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.